Okay, welcome everybody to Season 3, Episode 11 of So Strange. I am joined today by an extraordinary guest, and this is a real treat. Let, let me tell you, ladies and gentlemen, we have Fred Zewi. Now, I've known Fred for a long time, and Fred, it's beyond me why I haven't had you on here sooner. For right. everybody listening, Fred has his finger on the pulse of the UFO community here in Omaha, Nebraska, and, and even beyond. So, Fred, why don't you tell everybody a little bit about how you got into what you do, you know, some of your titles, some of your background, kind of ease people into it gently like we're slinking into a hot tub, okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, all this stuff is a lifetime of experiences, as you know, Andy. I mean, over, over the many years from being a kid through high school into college, you know, you have all these experiences, you know, one after another. And then a lot of times, you know, again, I, a lot of mine is spiritually awakened, you know, and having a lot of dreams. But so I graduated from uh, Iowa State with an elementary education, and that was 1976. Blame at that time. Time flies, man. And then I uh, worked on the railroad for a few years after teaching school for one year in Ogden, Iowa. <laughs> I taught fifth and sixth grade mathematics. I got an elementary education degree in, in at Iowa State. And then I uh, and then I uh, went off and got back into electronic technology at Iowa Western. Graduated in 1982, where I first found my first job. Uh, I should say my career, I should say, back in, down in Greenville, Texas, working for L3, L3, which was E-Systems back in the days. But uh, I work on the RC-135 here at Offutt Air Force Base, and I'm retired right now, presently. And so... I have to ask, I just have to ask, because yes. you people here Offutt Air Force Base, and I know what the listeners are going to think, do they have alien spaceships at Offutt Air Force Base? Are we reverse engineering that technology like it's Area 51? Well, we've got the E-4B, which is the president's aircraft, which is another thing. Who, who knows what aliens are on that craft? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, but it's one of these things where you ask anybody that, and it's like, well, I could tell you, but I have to kill you, you know, because it's Exactly, classified. and I had a security clearance. I had a, a top-secret SCI clearance. So, yes, uh, there's... I had a buddy of mine. He uh, went in, and, and we had, a, you know, a year, a five-year update, and the one guy says... What aliens do you know of? Well, aliens we're talking about, you know, you know, overseas type of it, um, people, you know, things of that nature. And he says, which kind? He goes, uh, what are you talking about? I said, well, there's two kinds I know of. You know, there's the, the foreigners and then there's the real aliens. And he says, that's another department. You're going to have to go talk with another guy. <laughs> that's another and, department. Yeah, a little, little and he bit. Did. Uh... And, this, and this guy did. He, he, he says, you have to go talk with this other guy. And so he went over to the next day to talk with this guy. And he goes, he walks in. He goes, hey, Randy, I know about you. And I know about Fred Zewi. I know about Dave Paris. And I know all the other MUFON guys. Instantly. You know, so I'm like, holy cat. You know, and he's working on his clearance you know so all these guys down this other rabbit hole as you you talked about you know the that's really surprised me that you already knew me, knew about me so yeah that's kind of cool 
Yeah, they're like, okay, this guy's a little too into aliens and UFOs. Let's keep a closer eye on him. Yes. But when, at what point in time did you get involved with uh, MUFON, which for anybody listening who doesn't know, that's the Mutual UFO Network. And I believe each state has their own chapter, right, Fred? That's correct. Yes, I am the assistant state director for MUFON. I've been alongside MUFON back in the early 90s as just a walking into the meeting and taking, you know, taking the, the meetings in and talking about my uh, blue vortex encounters, you know, in my bedroom, you know, and going up through the ceiling. And so, of course, they always looked at me, and then that was always the uh, the joke, oh, Fred, and his blue vortex issues, you know, his experiences. So that was kind of a fun thing, you know. But, yeah, I, I finally got into it. I'm, I'm retired from uh, L3 right now, so I have more time. So I've, I've been since 2010. That time frame, 20, uh, 2008, 20, 2010, I became a MUFON field investigator doing, uh, investigating, uh, UFOs cases that the, the people would call in. And then also I'm part of the E, the ERT group, which is the experiencer research team. And this is where people call in and, and to report their actual abductions or their experiences or contact with ETs. And, uh, I get assigned various cases. I've had cases from, down in Texas, Missouri, down into New uh, New Mexico, I have cases from various different places that come around, and I, I chat with them about their experiences. You take down all the details and kind of make note of uh, time and temperature and location and all that stuff. Yeah, we just talk to them. About, you know, we just ask them how they're doing. You know, because some some of them, you know, are still you know first timers and never talked to anybody. Most of the time, never talked to anybody about their experiences. We had uh, MUFON was in that alien. Ancient Aliens show about about a month and a half, two months ago. Oh, my God. We got like 180 cases, you know, instantaneously, you know. And we just got flooded with cases. All these people like, oh, I saw your Ancient Alien show, you know. And next thing you know, I like got all these cases, you know. Like, so I got a few of those cases, too. So they're, they're very fascinating, you know. Yeah, but, fascinating is a is an understatement. But, you know, and it's just like the the – cork is off the bottle like i'm meeting more people who have seen a ufo than people who have not exactly exactly in fact um there's we just i just had a recent case andy and it was a sighting and it's just she lives like a two uh, two miles down the road from me here in bellevue i'm like holy cats you know i'm like man we got a case i mean this is a triangle she sees this triangular craft you know so she's driving down going down to uh, Bellevue East to pick up her grandson. And she's driving down this Casio Road, you know, and she takes her right hand. And she, she looks down down the hill and she sees these lights. She thought it was a helicopter. It was a very extremely bright light. And she thought it was like a helicopter over there. So she stops at the stop sign, takes a right turn, goes down to this um, school there you know it's it's a it's an elementary school and she looks and there's sits she's 40 50 feet from this craft it's up like 30 feet off the ground right at tree level height and there's this triangular craft just stationary sitting there and has you know your typical three three white lights and a red light in the center of it and she just looks at it and she looks at it for five minutes she says fred i wasn't even scared you know and like and she shows you know, Fred, I'm a Christian. And right off the gap, you know, I said, okay, I believe you. you know, I believe you. I, you know, hey, it's, you know, I, so I'd sat with her and, and uh, went over there to a uh, friend of mine, another FI, another field investigator, uh, John, and I went over and 
And she took us through the driving of the seeing the craft and everything and the route she went. And she described the craft, you know, it's and it was a uh, true large, it's like the lights were like it was probably probably a 30, 40 foot craft, you know, and it had uh, like three foot lights, you know, in the, each of the corners round. She said they had rounded edges and it just sat there, didn't move, didn't even fluctuate the, uh, the leaves on the trees. No, nothing. This is the uh, last uh, back in August of uh, August 15th of 2022. Right in your own backyard. Yes. And yeah, these these triangle these triangle crafts. I saw one myself back in 2012. Really? Flew. Yeah. Hovered. You know, flew silently, pretty slowly, right over my head towards off at Air Force Base. I was uh, actually in the parking lot of Oakview Movie Theater, 11:55 at night. We got out of a really late movie, and right, I had a witness right. with me. But but um, so back backing up a little second. Uh, I'm guessing it was silent because they usually are. Yes. Yeah. Didn't, didn't say, didn't make a noise, and it just sat there. A car came up behind her, and they didn't get out. She she rolled her window out and started pointing to it, like there it is, there it is, you know. But they she didn't. Nobody got out of the car to take a look at it, you know. See, <laughs> that's that's what I don't understand, Fred. People are like, I got to get my kid to soccer practice. Ah, I'm late for my and appointment. She, yeah, and she forgot her phone. Couldn't take oh, a picture of it. God. Of course, that of course. one day. Yeah, that one day. Now. I don't understand why people can't take a moment out of their day to look up. You have potentially a once in a lifetime experience Absolutely. seeing something from a different dimension or a different planet. Absolutely. You got to you got to take time to to look up, people. Now, I do want to ask, I don't know if you have the answer to this or not, when she said, you know, I swear I saw it, Fred, I'm a Christian. Right. Did she say I'm a Christian because she thought it it lended more validity to her character, or do you think she said that because the sighting had her questioning her faith a little bit? Do you, did you get any gauge either way? A little of both. I think uh, she she's a very devout Christian, and you know, and I think she wanted credibility. Yeah. Of who she is, you know. I said, "Hey, don't have to tell me. I've seen these stories." And but the thing is, I told her, Andy. You know, when you have a craft that close to you, probably 95% of the chance there's an abduction. You think so? Missing time, the whole yep. nine yards? Yep. yep. And you, didn't, you don't even have to have missing time, you know. So in our ERT group, uh, we go through all these different markers. Did you have sleep paralysis? Did you have missing time? Did you have any marks on your body? Da, 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 da. Things of that nature. And I just told her, I said, you could see something and... When you're in the the quantum, like the quantum realm, you know, like you go into uh, a, a different time space, you could have a whole entire experience and come back within a second and not even miss a beat, like something happened to you. So I said the only way you can recall that is to probably do some hypnosis if you want to do that, and then go ahead and and do that, you know, if you want to recall something. But no, she just, but she was so when she said, well. When you took off, do you remember looking back at the craft or looking at the people behind? Says, no, I just—it's just like I just knew I had to go get my my uh, grandson, and it's like she was just stargazed. And then she had a problem of calling me, and that I was coming over. She she was frightened about us coming over to talk with her about it. Now, why did she say I'm not afraid of it? I wasn't afraid of it. So I think she was already under the spell of the ET, so to speak, already, you know. 
Well, yeah, why why would she not be afraid in the moment? But then she's afraid to talk about it with you after the fact. And the um, and the car that the car that came up behind her says, "Oh, that gave me credibility that I was seeing things all right, and I was relaxed more, you know." And so, yeah. so that was just. And I told her this whole whole thing could be a screen memory. I mean, the craft, the car behind her, this could all be a theater. I just told her it's like a movie. You're watching a movie, and that's all it is, you know. And you're under the kind of like a a higher state of consciousness looking at all this stuff. And then you just like pop out. And the next thing you know, you're just driving up to what happened, you know, what? and she drove back to it. And of course there's no, there's no craft. There's no car. There's no nothing. It's the same old, same old stuff. I said, did you see it disappear? He says, no, I just drove off. I said, you didn't look back at it. He says, no, nope, I just went to the school. See, I would clear my schedule. Yeah, I would call I know. I'd be first person up and down, jumping out of the car. <laughs> Dude, I'd be flagging down every witness, like, look up, look up. I'd be like, cancel my cancel my appointments for a week. I'm going to be right here until this thing gets back. Uh, do you remember, did she say, was it black? Was it metallic? Yeah, it was dark, dark black. And, you know, of course, it's it's things of that nature, you know, and just triangular, you know. You know, yeah. she didn't, you know, she just was mesmerized, I think, you know, about the whole scenario when she was there. You know, I just felt, felt like she might have been a in a trance state possibly, you know, and you just like take it in. She says, I looked around and looked around, make sure what was going on around me, like, you know, things of that nature. And then she kept on looking up, but the thing was just sitting there, you know, how, how often you, again, you don't just get these crazy experiences having a craft for like a 40 foot craft, you know, 40 feet away from you, you know? No. And these going back to the screen memory, if anybody is not familiar with that term, you're essentially talking about, you know, extraterrestrial life uh, that is so advanced. They can kind of tamper with our memory a little bit, almost to make there be a I don't know, they get inside of our head, causing almost a delayed response. Because you see you hear these stories of people see, you know, having even a group experience or a solo experience, seeing a craft. And it's almost like they don't talk about it. The memories just kind of come back slowly in days or weeks to come. And you're like, well, holy smokes, I, all I remember was getting ice cream. And yeah. But what happened before we got ice cream? Like, what happened to that memory, right? Right. Well, I have, here's, another, here's another case I had. As, uh, I'm up at uh, north of Norfolk, up by Osmond, uh, Nebraska, on Highway 20, north of uh, Norfolk. And they were in Carroll, Iowa, at this uh, track track. Uh, tractor pole, you know, one of these uh, little uh, state fairs sort of things. So they were there about, you know, they got, the thing was over by 10 o'clock, you know, and they went down in the pit and did their thing talking because he's a motorhead, you know, and so they went down there and talked with the big guys, you know, and we drove off no no later than 11 or 11.30 and they drive up and as soon as they get to a little town off of uh, Highway 20, they're driving down Highway 20 east westbound you know and i said how fast are you going he said well we're doing 55 60 miles an hour about a mile or two outside this one town i forget the name of the town and on highway 20 they saw this blue light in the distance and this blue light started coming towards them and they're doing you know 55 60 miles going the other way and all of a sudden the light met up with them and they and it reversed you know and it started you know tail you know just following them right straight out outside their driver's side door you know and they were just following a lot along and and so you have your right away and then there's there was a cornfield and they said the light the blue light changed into a cigar shaped craft it had a white light in the front and this blue blinking light in the rear part of the of the 
It's like, again, this is like, you know, 50 feet away, you know. Here's it. And, and um, the one gal, her, she said, Fred, all of a sudden, out of the bottom of the craft, there was a a little fawn deer, like the legs were folded up underneath it. And then all of a sudden, the deer appeared as an adult right in front of the car, left front of the car. And I asked, his name is Alan. I said, Alan, I said, well, how close was the deer in front of your car? He says, he was right on my bumper. Like what? He's right on my bumper. I said, Alan, how fast are you going? 55, 60. Uh, wouldn't you hit the deer? I mean, it instantly appeared, and it ran across the front of the car, down in the ditch, and off into the into the other cornfield on the north side of the road. This is on they saw they saw the craft, and so when the the, the deer ran across in front of the car, and then he looked back at the craft, and then the craft jumped back like jump jump like six cars, and then it shot straight up in the air. That's a lot to take in. So it's morphing shapes. Um, now, so it, like the deer came out of the craft. Is that what you're saying? Right. So Kim, Kim, this is Alan and Kim. And, and Kim said there was a, a fawn. She said it looked like a fawn and his legs were folded up underneath its, its body. And, and it, and it kind of disappeared in the corn. And the next thing they know, they see an adult type deer right on the left side of the front of the car of the driver's side car. And it ran across. I said, hey, Alan, you know, you're driving 60. Wouldn't you run into it? And then he says, well, what time did you get home? He says, you know what, Fred? I do know what time we got home. It was 2 o'clock in the morning because I walked in the house. I looked at the clock and it said 2 o'clock. I'm like, how many miles is it from Carroll, Iowa to Osmond? He says, it's like 30 miles. I said, okay, if you're doing 60 miles an hour, what's going to take you? An hour. You got an hour and a half missing time here, buddy. And he goes, so he go, I told him to go outside and look at the car, as his truck, you know, he drives his truck and said, yep, it's, everything's fine, everything's perfect. I said, you got an hour and a half missing time. So again, you know, Andy, that deer and owls with the big eyes, they're all symbolic of ETs, you know, like the greys. And for the craft to be there and then jumping back and going straight up, again, it's, it's a classic. It's a classic UFO abduction. And I've seen this, this blue light uh in in other experiences earlier on that but this was like a full-fledged thing so yeah he didn't even recognize he didn't even recognize he had missing time i said i have to so people like myself and you understand like hey you know you've got some time here missing <laughs> <laughs> got 90 minutes unaccounted for buddy and i, I like it that you know you hearing countless cases over the years you know, you're like, this is classic. This is textbook. And I know our listeners have their jaws hanging on the floor. And here's Fred like, hey, it's your garden variety uh, missing time. You know? Yes. It's, it's extraordinary, but it almost becomes ordinary because it happens so often. And yeah, you know, owls synonymous with screen memories. And that was kind of made, uh, yes. uh, you know, I think it was Close Encounters of the Fifth Kind that kind of... Uh, Right. Uh, not the fourth kind, because Close Encounters of the Fourth Kind with Richard Dreyfus back in the right. 70s, right? But there was a newer one, uh, kind of a spooky story. I think it was called Close Encounters of the Fifth yeah. Kind, where it was had like owl screen memory kind of lost footage right. type movie. Right. But yeah, and then with the deer, I don't know. Make sure are they are they studying animals? Are they studying deer and cow? And because you have these other cases of animal mutilations and 
you right. know, where they're extracting, you know, sexual organs with laser cut precisions and no blood exactly. left on the farmer's ranch. You know, it's kind of weird stuff. Yeah, a lot of people, uh, Grant Cameron talking about the alien uh, animal mutilation, saying that uh, what they're finding out is right or wrong, like some radiation leaking, you know. We have nuclear fallout in various different places, and they think that that's what they're bringing up the the animalations to checking the the radiation levels within the de- within the deer and so forth, especially the genitals, things of that nature. But yeah, that's I'll give you a classic, uh, even a personal experience of mine, Andy, of uh, uh, screen memories, and uh, so. My former wife and I were, you know, sitting down watching TV and we decided to go to bed. So sure enough, we, we go upstairs to get ready and jump in bed and we continue our talking. You know, we just chit chat and talking. And then all of a sudden, Andy, I heard the front door open. I'm like, the door opened up and I'm like, huh? And I like, then the next thing we hear is footsteps coming up the stairs because we have a multi-level store, uh, front, you know, to the living room. So the, there's a stairs that go up the living room. I hear footsteps. And I, I, I told my wife, do you hear that? And he says, yeah. She says, yes. And all of a sudden, I hear more footsteps. And then all of a sudden, this bright light you can see in the hallway, you know, this light, light coming in the hallway. And all of a sudden, it's a big flash, big white flash. Whoosh. Instantly, I go into paralysis. My body goes in, right into paralysis. And I'm looking through the doorway, and I three I see three gray heads come popping into the room, and I lose consciousness. Oh boy, uh, grays, I presume. Yes. Yeah, big almond shaped eyes, and yep. you know, three four foot tall textbook. Yep. Oh boy, uh, do you what did the memory slowly come back to you after you lost consciousness? Like what happened? No, I woke up next morning. Okay. And so that was just one of those very first ones. And then uh, that was probably in the 90s, you know, but back in uh, 1974, here's another one of these screen memory events. This is my very first one. I had no idea about UFOs. I didn't know a thing about ETs, anything. I was really on a spiritual tent, you know, intent, you know. So a buddy of mine, my fraternity brother and I, you know, we were fixing up my room in our fraternity house, and he goes, hey, let's go to this Rocky Mountain Oyster Feed, and there's a street dance and beer drinking and all this good fun, you know. It's over in Rhinebeck, Iowa. I said, that's an hour and a half drive, you know, Tom. I said, I'm here to fix up a room. He goes, nah, let's just go do have some fun. I said, all right, I agree to it, you know. So we drive this hour and a half to Rhinebeck, Iowa from Ames, Iowa. I know the back roads, because this is where I live. This is my old haunt, you know, and so forth. So we, you know, so it's like midnight, and it's a little town. Things are shutting down. So I'd start driving home. Kind of this classic case where I feel lost. I'm driving. I know this back road. I feel this sensation of feeling lost. Like I don't know where I'm going. So I'm taking turns here. I'm turning there. Like I know there's a paved road right here. Next thing I know, I know there's a paved road over here. So, so I drive off. Now I'm on this gravel road. I said, how the heck I get on this gravel road? I'm driving down this road. All of a sudden, I feel this energy come over over me. And I see this. All of a sudden, I see this T-intersection sign. And I'm like doing 55 down miles an hour. And it's dark. It's, you know, and there's a lightning storm in the, down by Des Moines. I can see the lightning in the south. And I'm like, 
I'm going to crash. I'm going to crash into this T intersection ditch. You know, I'm like, I'm only like, you know, a hundred feet away and I'm doing 55. I'm like, so I slam on the brakes and the car does this perfect, like, I'm trying to think of a, uh, what's her face? Uh, Shirley McLean, you know, the Shirley McLean thing, you know, where, you know, the car is just driving down the road by itself. I'm like, Holy crap! And I slam it on the brake, and the car does a perfect ninety-degree right turn in the road, and so I'm perpendicular to the road. And there's these two cottonwood trees. They're huge cottonwood trees had fallen across the road, and I thought, look over. Tom says, "Did you see that T intersection sign?" He says, "No, I'm glad you did." I said, "You see the trees too?" He says, "Yeah." I was so close to the trees. Andy, I couldn't even open my door to get out of the car. That's how close I was to the trees. And I'm looking out the window, and the and the trunk is as high as looking out the window. So this tree is enormous. But there's not one, but two trees and perpendicular falling across the road. How does two large cottonwood trees fall over, Andy, in the road? Well, because they both had to be hundreds of years old, right? Absolutely. And but to fall huge. at the same time? I mean, yeah. yeah. And so not knowing anything, I just go, hey. And so I, I back and forth the car on the road and, and took off back to where I just came and then went back home. Classic, classic evidence again here, Annie. I never said another word, nor did Tom say another word until we got back to the to the our univers to the university in Ames, you know, and I went to our fraternity house, and I heard the birds chirping. That's what I remember. I remember the birds chirping, and and we went to bed. And Tom and I never ever ever spoke of that experience ever again. And so I'm over time. Uh, I learned that the trees was a screen memory. The T intersection was a, another screen memory to get me to stop. And there was a, a definitely a, a abduction that had transpired that night. You know, of course, the the birds. What time do they start chirping? Anywhere from four thirty to five o'clock in the morning, right? So if I left at midnight, I mean, I, it's an hour and a half drive. You're so missing should, a lot of time there, buddy. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Now. Here's a question for you, and if you don't know the answer, that's fine. I'm kind of putting sure. you on the spot. You said Des Moines was, you know, a little ways off in the distance. There was a lightning storm kind of forming. In your opinion, do you think there's any correlation between lightning storms, electricity, and UFOs making an appearance? Can they hide in thunderclouds? Can they hide behind, you know, storm walls, uh, storm clouds, rather? Can they? Are they harnessing electricity, uh, energy from the lightning to power their craft? I mean, is there any correlation whatsoever? Oh, or absolutely, no? absolutely, absolutely, uh, Andy. Uh, they do, and there's lots of times, even around tornadoes and hurricanes and things of that nature, you'll see UFOs in around these storms, making sure what's going on, and they they check them out. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. And so that's one of my very first experience. And the second experience, uh, I was working on the railroad. Andy, and this is 1977, 
The other one was 1974. This was probably 1978, four years later. I'm sitting on, I'm working on the railroad, and I'm working on this rail gang, and I'm looking, I'm just working along there. It's kind of a low in work, so I'm just sitting there, which is rather unusual to have a low in work. So I'm sitting there. Absolutely, without a doubt, this energy comes over the top of me. I'm in an euphoric state now, Andy. I'm like sky high, and I tell myself, I've never done drugs like this before, and I'm stoked. I'm like sky high. I'm like, whoa, what is going on? I'm like, so I'm already in this high state of consciousness, right? So all of a sudden, I get this empathic feeling to look up. So I'm looking up, and here I see this 30-foot saucer embedded kind of into this cloud. I'm like, whoa. I'm looking up and seeing this craft, and again, I get this empathic feeling saying, we just want to let you know that we're here. I'm like, oh, okay. I'm looking at the saucer. I'm looking around, and I look down and around and see the guy, and I look back up, and I did look back down again, and I look back up, and the, the energy started dissipating, and, and the craft disappeared out of, out of thin air, you know, and I didn't see it again. So <laughs> I just, I'm laughing because from the perspective of the aliens, you know, they come here from alternate parallel universes they come right. here from the future they travel the star systems to get right. here and they say we're just we just want to let you know we're here and fred's like okay <laughs> i know i mean what else do you say like okay i i acknowledge you well that's um, kind of like christy Peter peterson's you know we're not alone you right. know she had her she had her little film debut of that she made her documentary says we are not alone and that's like and i had well christy and i were both in the uh, in our little support group. And that's, I want to say that the people here in Omaha and the surrounding area, we do have a ET support group here in Omaha and Christy is the lead of it. And so she's kind of taking a back step and we're, we're having another, another gal, Kim Colbert, Covert, I think is going to lead it up. So we have a support group here in, in town. And, uh, and again, get with Andy and I'll, I give you the information to get hold of us. Uh, if you had some encounters, you want to talk about them. We're all here. We're all here to help out on that front too. So I want to put a big shout out, a big shout out for that too. So yeah, and I'll, we'll add some of that information in the show notes so everybody knows where to okay. where to get a hold of Fred and Christy and everybody. Um, going back for a second, so you said you kind of felt euphoric or or yes. almost like you were on, you were elevating your consciousness. Where did yes. that come from? Do you think it was the aliens who were like channeling that into you because you hadn't ingested any any foreign substances? Oh no, no. I mean, I was straighter. I mean, I'm at work, you know, and working, you know, dangerous things would be working around and was you're intoxicated, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. But yeah, it, I could feel it. I could feel the energies coming in, you know, and I just like, holy Corolla, man. It's just, I was never in such a high state. I mean, I was definitely euphoric. So yeah, the ETs put you in that higher state. And so nobody else, I'm sure nobody else saw the craft. Nobody saw anything of that nature. I said, hey, did you see that craft up there? If I had stopped and asked somebody to take a look at the craft, they wouldn't have seen it because yeah. I'm in this altered state, which, again, allows me to see it, you know. And But once it uh, started dissipating, then there it was. It was gone, you know. Now, you had sent me an email saying recently uh, you were here in Omaha uh, eating dinner at a, at a fast food place, you know, right. kind of restaurant deal. And you said you came across a, a group of college students and you had the most interesting conversation with them. Do you want to walk <laughs> us through that interaction? Well, yeah. So there was a group of friends of mine, one MUFON guy and a couple other guys, you know, and we always 
me on Tuesday night at Culver's, you know, the chit chat, the latest UFO ET uh, uh, conspiracy theory, and you know how I am, you know. So we're sitting there chit chatting, and usually it's a quiet place. It's a, kind of a hideout we can go to and just have a hot fudge Sunday or whatever. And it was like noisier than I'll get out that night. I was like, what's going on? So I went over to get some more water, you know, from the fountain, you know, and, and I like, there's, a, there's like a, a dozen or more of these kids sitting around like three or four tables. And I like, what are you guys doing here? And then they said, well, we're in a leadership class, you know, with Bellevue College. I said, and we're just having a class here. I said, you know what? Said, you know, my buddies and I are over here talking about UFOs and ETs. Why don't you come over and talk talk with us about UFO and ETs? And they go, huh? <laughs> <You know? laughs> it's like, and they're like looking at me like, huh? You know, and I go, I said, hey, you know, about ETs. I said, what would you think if I told you that I have had alien abductions? And they go, really? I said, yeah. And I said, and so I told them that first story. And then I, then I told them this other story about, I'll tell you the, the another one that I had. I was in actually I was in Saudi Arabia on this one. I was just got done with work and uh, seven o'clock at night to seven in the morning, and so I was kind of tired, like eight o'clock in the morning. And I was laying down in bed, you know, I'm reading a spiritual book, and I closed my eyes, Andy, and one after another, my mind's eye, I see one gray face is like pop in, like bam, 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 one after another. I'm like, okay, dudes, I just said. Um, if you want to, if you're going to come and take me this morning, then I want to go consciously. So I laid my book down. I closed my eyes just about the time. I'm just about ready to fall asleep. I wake up. There's three grays standing beside my bed. And the one gray looks at me and I'm looking at him like, dude, what? You're not going anywhere until you tell me what the hell's going on. You know, I mean, I'm very conscious of it. You know, I'm like very worried. I'm like, what's going on? And they, they said, you're being very brave. There's undue circumstances. We got to go. I said, we ain't going anywhere until you tell me what's going on. You know, literally. And he said, he said the same thing again, you know, and then, and then the, the guy in front, he reaches over and grabs my left wrist, yanks me out of body. I mean, yanks me out of the bed. And I looked at the third guy and said, where are you from? He said, Cirrus. And I'm like, huh? And then all of a sudden, I'm looking, I'm out of bed, and they're pulling me, and there's this portal on the wall, and, and I'm seeing sacred sacred geometry. I'm seeing these vivid, you know, colorful reds and yellows and oranges colors, and they're all uh, in sacred sacred geometry sh shapes. And I enter the I enter the the portal, and I'm, I'm gone. You know, I lose consciousness, and I wake up like, and I look at my watch, and 45 minutes had transpired. So there's another one of those really quick, down, down and dirty. And uh, the ET that said Cirrus, I go, nah, that wasn't his name. That's where they're from, the star system Cirrus. Yeah, um, <laughs> I'm just, I'm just speechless, Fred. <laughs> I, I mean, you, you talk about the uh, the courage it takes to argue with an alien being, and you say, no, I'm not going with you till you tell me what's going on. Oh, so absolutely. you were you weren't being full blown, uh, you know, combative. You just wanted some information and answers. Yeah, I said this is the first time I get to see you guys. You guys gonna spill the beans, you know, you know, so yeah. to speak, you know. I mean, real life, you know, in in your face, you know, grays, you know, and. They're just like looking at us like, dude, we got a thing to do, you know. So like they're on their little time schedule and they're looking at their little clock, you know. I was like, okay, we got to get you going, you know. And and the guy just, that's what tricked the trigger on me, Andy. 
when he touched me, when he grabbed my wrist and touched me and I could feel his hand on my body. I'm like, oh, this is real now. This is getting personal <laughs> when he yanked yeah. you out of bed. Well, yeah, he's that's assault, brother. You know, know. He's, he's, know. he's in your bubble. He doesn't have permission. Now, I don't have you ever gotten a look at their hands? Because I know a lot of abductees or experiencers say they have yep. three fingers instead of four. Right. That, you know, is so quick and so fast. And I'm, I'm like emotional, you know, I'm looking at them. You know, I'm just looking at the face. You know, I'm not looking at the hands. And next thing I know, I'm seeing these, the colors and the sacred geometry. And in fact, Andy, I said, I, you know, I've done some DMT, you know, I smoked some DMT one time and like I made a connection between the two. I'm like, holy crap, Ola. And then and then in the conversation, going back to the conversation with the kids, and I you know, I said, Hey, you know, what do you know about DMT? You know, and and I said and I first off I said, Has anybody had uh sleep paralysis? And like four hands go up. I'm like, Holy crap, you know, and it's like and uh, the one kid was talking about, you know, stressing and things of that nature and dreams, you know, that you wake up, you're very conscious, you know, very conscious. And but you're you can only move your eyeballs, you know, and it's like, that's right. You can only move your eyeballs. You can't move any of your part of your body, you know. And so this is all part of the of the ET scenario. And then I said, you know, when you fall asleep, you go into the from beta to alpha to theta and you go into the what's called. The, this is where I get into the science part of it. The 7.83 hertz and. And in the theta state, the 7.83 hertz is the Schumann resonance, and this is like Robin Monroe and his, you know, uh, hemi-sync technique. You listen, and he puts out of this 8 hertz signal, and that puts you into a theta state. And this, this is kind of like the gateway. You open up the portal to where you can go out, out of body and encounter the ETs. And this is where Dr. Rick Strassman, you know, injected these people with uh, DMT and all the people that 80% of the people that were able to leave their bodies in this induction with, with Ostrosman, this was back in 1990, 90 to 95, that he did this experimentation with these subjects, that 80% of the people that were able to leave their bodies after having this induction of DMT saw aliens. So this is just like opens up the portal so it's no big deal to me, you know. All you, everybody, everybody falls asleep at night, and we just don't remember. We don't want to remember because we think dreams are useless; they don't have any meaning to them. I'm like, this is the start, start gateway to your divine, you know. And divine, you get divine intervention, divine thoughts and feelings and impressions and intuitions, premonitions, you know, things of that nature. So it's all, it's all connected. Everything's connected. Agreed. Everything is connected. And, you know, these uh, alien visitors that we have, I, I personally believe that they're so advanced. They, they could be millions and millions of years more Absolutely. advanced than we are. We're a primitive species. So if they've evolved way beyond what we can even comprehend or explain, yeah, surely they have some sort of uh, telepathic communication, psychic abilities. You know, a big, you know, kind of debate is what's what's their spiritual angle? Do they believe in God? Do they believe in Jesus? Are they, you know, but I, well, I feel like those are very earthly ideas. You know, their concept of a higher power and right. even their concept of technology could be so foreign to us, you know? Well, yeah, I even get to the point, you know, and, you know, when I got into metaphysics and stuff, in the, you know, back in the 80s, you know, when I was getting into the Unity Church and School of Metaphysics here in Omaha, you know, we talked about reincarnation. I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool. And I was really kind of cool. Like, here, you you do, you do past life readings and things of that nature. And so I'm sitting there, I'm looking, and like, 
sitting back and relaxing. Next thing you know, boom, and, you know, I see this little boy, little black boy with big ears. I'm like, uh, that's me. You know, I'm like, holy crap. And I'm picking up these past lives, you know, and, and another time I saw myself as even in high school, I would just take my fingers and roll them across my top of my lip and down. And so I would do this. I'm like, why am I doing this? So I sat there and I, I just relaxed with it. And I'm just stroking myself. I'm, and all of a sudden I, I see this man in front of me. He had a hood on. He turns around. He's Chinese. And he has this Fu Manchu on. Yeah, kind of dangly mustache yeah. type of deal. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, holy cats. I said, oh, that's me again. You know, I'm a Chinese <laughs> guy now. And then another <laughs> another time I was sitting there. I'm looking around, you know, and I'm having a, this experience, this dream. And, and I'm looking. And all of a sudden, I'm the lead. And there's three other Indians behind. This, These are native Indians. And we're all on horseback. I'm the lead of a hunt. And the next thing I know, I'm pulling a bull, but the my bow and arrow back, and I shoot towards this deer. I'm like, holy crap! And now I'm an Indian, you know, and I'm Native American. It's like, holy crap! So it's all yeah. connected. It's, it's... I, this is this is where we get into the quantum construct, you know, and and you know, you could, you know, for religious people, I just say this is the spiritual realm, and we need to address it, embrace it, as you know, and think like. Oh, you know, if I walk up to the wall, I can put my arm through it and I can fly through it. I can go to, you know, you get into the the uh, construct of in, in, uh, singularity and I'm trying, I'm spacing on that and oh, everything is all one. one uh, and You know, but and on a pop culture angle. Yeah. I mean, people are really getting into the quantum thing. I mean, yeah, Marvel Cinematic Universe, yeah, you have all these. Yeah, the entanglement. Oh, there you go, quantum entanglement, yeah. And yeah. that's the same thing as uh, saying spooky actions at, the dis at a distance, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So that's the same construct. So if we just think that it's all one time, entanglement and communication is instantaneous, you know, it doesn't matter. They just can come through a dimensional level, pop in, say, here we are. And they can pop right back out. And so they can come in and go out anytime they want. And so we can too. So I'm just thinking, Andy, um, not only do we have human life, we've had lifetimes in other star systems as ETs. So for those of us who come back, it's like, oh, I meditated once and says, well, you are us and us. And I go, who are you as the greys? You know, that's a, they said, you're us and you are you know, we are, we are used again, it's that same consciousness, the same construct, you know? And so that's why some of us have memories of it and, and some don't, you know, again, our DNA is, we're all aliens. We are all aliens, Andy. <laughs> well, we're all, we're all comprised of the, you know, of, we're made of the stuff of stars. I mean, quite literally, yeah, you know, absolutely. the oxygen, the nitrogen, the parts that make us up were once in yeah. the heart of an exploding star. And what I was saying earlier, you know, the, from a pop culture standpoint, the Marvel Cinematic Universe with, you know, you got Doctor Strange and you have, I mean, all these things are really getting on board with multiverses, you know, Spider-Man and Absolutely. the multiverse. And, you know, you watch that. I remember years ago, uh, you know, a buddy of mine said, Andy, you got to go see that new Doctor Strange movie. And I said, well, why? And he said, oh, it'll be right up your alley. Trust me. Yeah, and it blew my hair back. I mean, but you watch these things and it almost makes me wonder if, you know, the average Joe is getting into this kind of stuff because collectively 
as you know one unified consciousness our whole okay. world is you know we're we're vibing a little bit we're feeling a, a change coming we're we're almost realizing that there's more to our reality that meets the eye and and then you have another angle where well maybe we're just living inside of a glorified simulation you know what's real what's not can we walk through walls if we believe that we can when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Absolutely. Well, this is all gets into everything psychosomatic and everything is very spiritually oriented. What is thought? What is this? So again, goes into my spiritual construct, you know, you have, this is where you become self-empowered, you know, and things of that nature. And so it opens up a huge Pandora box for a lot of people because they, you know, you don't think that deeply and, and until you have these types of experiences. And, you know, and I've done my meditation. I've gone to India. I've sat with the gurus and I've sat with the, you know, I've had experiences with gurus. I've had, you know, this combines with uh, Kundalini activation, you know, Shaktipat and things of that nature. And people, those, I like I say, Kundalini people look at me like, what are you talking about, Fred? You know, I was like, you know, you have just got to get into this. And this is, again, this is all part of the, of the awakening. Again, this is all, and Christy's even, Christy now is, now she's channeling the, one of her, her entities, one of her aliens. It says, Oh, you finally made the connection. And Christy goes, Oh, you're the, you're my teacher. Says, yeah, I'm your teacher and I'm the alien. I'm here to tell you something. And now she's writing a book on ascension you know again it's all part of our hierarchy of our of our the i am of who you are and things of that nature so we're all interconnected and i think the aliens are here to help us too and i do believe that uh some of my experiences are to help me you know a lot of a lot of the people are taken on board and even our may have an advancement in our genetics and things of that nature so here's Here's another story. I had a friend. This is back in the 90s. We had this uh, support group way back in the 90s. And there was a couple that were there. And and they just so happened. And we were talking about it. And Frank gives me the this magazine talking about the trees. And there was a and, – and uh, in this – he said – so Frank tells me, you need to, you need to read this uh, story. And I say, okay. Well, the story was – there's a young couple that comes driving down the road. It's late at night, and they come up, and again, there were these trees that had been across the road. So they get out of the car, and then and they, all these other people were there, and they they were pulling the trees, you know, and, and moving the trees out of the way so they can get across the road. So once they got the trees cleared, they drove drove down the road to the next town, and they stopped and got a motel that night. Well, they got up next morning, and they were really curious, like, what the hell happened last night? So they drove back to where it was. There are no trees. It's desert. So it just mystified them. I said, what? Where's the trees? It's all desert. How can they have any trees here if it's just a desert? Again, here's a screen memory that pops up. And so that showed me. So Frank goes, wink, wink. What about your trees, Fred? Uh, okay, okay, I got it. You know, I get I get the whole scenario. And why the T intersection? I've, I mean, that was all planned. Everything's planned out for you. You know, it's all the T intersection. So here's Frank and Linda. So 
they go, they're down in the Bellevue, they're the theater down on Fort Crook Road, you know? They're the, and so they, 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 uh, they come out driving that, and they're just recently there, you know, and they had just moved, moved in. Frank was working on in the military. And so, so he, he, all of a sudden he hears his voice says, take a right. It's quicker, quicker drive to home. And he goes, it's in the opposite direction, but evidently it's okay. So he takes a right turn and he drives up a little bit and he stopped. And so Frank and Linda, they were sitting there and they pulled into this parking lot and then looking and here's this swimming pool. It had the fence around the swimming pool. You know, it's a big public swimming pool, you know? And they're sitting there and they're chapping like, oh, we can take the kids there. And, you know, this is like February. And so we can take the kids over there in the springtime and do this and that, you know, everything. So there's, they're having a great time. So next thing you know, it's like they drive home. And and uh, so here comes June and Lena loads up the kids and even grabs the neighbor kids and they put them, get, get them in the station wagon and she drives over to this place. There's no swimming pool there. No swimming pool. In fact, there's a cop that drove up the road, and Linda jumps out of the car and stops the cop and goes, where's the swimming pool? <laughs> and she's, the cop goes, there's no swimming pool here, ma'am. There's one, you know, across the across town, you know, over on this you know, further further south of here, you know, further east of here. There's one there, but not here. I said, but there is. We saw one. Sure enough, guess, here's the synchronicity of it. I went to Lincoln and at a UFO conference down in down in Lincoln and Scott Corburn was had these conferences back back then in the nineties, this is ninety one or so. Guess who I'm sitting across the table from after our first Friday night meeting? I'm in Village Inn. Sitting across from me is Dr. Richard Boylan. He is a hypnotist, or I should say he's a clinical psychologist, very versed in 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 the UFO phenomenon, does the hypnosis for the regression work for a lot of these people? I said, Doctor Borland. He said, you're not in this UFO gig because you you haven't had your own ET encounters. Is that correct? Is absolutely. I've had my own ET encounters and things of that nature. I said, hey, I got a couple here that have got this swimming pool incident. I know it's a screen memory. Would you like to do a hypnosis with them? He says. Absolutely," he said. "What time tomorrow? Can you can they just so Doctor Richard Doylin just tells me tell them to come in at eight o'clock down. I'll meet them down there at the lobby. So okay, so they drive down. Lynn and Frank drive down there. So I meet them, Frank and Linda, about an hour later, and they come walking down the side. Frank's eyes are like bulging, like big, and like he's shaking his head, like uh, the swimming pool. That was the craft." The swimming pool was the craft. Yes. Oh my god! So the trees, the trees is the craft. You get it. So they they can take any shape they want. Yes, they project anything you want. So the so the swimming pool is the craft. And he said, Frank said, I was I was in paralysis. The craft was there. The ET, the grays came out of the craft, came over. I'm in paralysis. I can't move. Linda got taken up. And pulled right out of the front, you're out of the window of the car, up to the craft. Linda had an operation done on her. She had a, she had an issue with birthing, you know, childbirth, and they they fixed her, repaired her. She, she had a she had a clinical issue with her medicine, her health issue that she could bled bled out. 
on a on, on birthing. And so I said, oh, okay. So they fixed her up, came, floated her back into the into their car, and that's all they remember is the swimming pool. Holy smokes, that's that's next level. And I mean, the whole thing's next level because yeah. we're talking about extraterrestrial life that can that can mess with our heads, mess with our memories. They can so implant that, whatever they want. So that's 1980, you know, and so you know, late 80s, and so Frank and Linda were there, you know. So that's you know, and they were just talking about it, you know. So yeah, that's. It's been going on for a long, long, long time, you know, between, I mean, there was even abductions, even for Betty and Barney Hill, you know, there, there were abductions before that even, you know, so, but they were always the, the premier one, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. It's not a new phenomenon at all. No. Uh, and it, it, it makes sense too, because we're talking about, you know, various alien species who again are thousands, millions, maybe a billion or more years old. Uh, Fred, I believe in missing time because this uh, 51 minutes and change flew by. And I don't know where it went because we're having so much fun. Uh, we're going to have you back on the show again. I guarantee multiple times. I think you're going to be a new fan favorite. Um, and thanks for your time, Fred. As far sure. as all of you listeners, uh, consider this the appetizer because next week, season three, episode 12, we're coming at you with the season finale. And you know what that means? A hodgepodge of guests. Nice. A multitude of paranormal, spiritual, metaphysical happenings. Uh, anything that will give you goosebumps. Uh, you'll hear it here, uh, a little bit of a buffet of boo, as we like to call it. So tune in. And if you're not yet a subscriber to So Strange, you're missing out. Subscribers gain access to a super strange bonus episode each and every week. So you can instantly double the, uh, the amount of content available by clicking the link in the show notes. Uh, Fred, <laughs> big my hat's off to you, man. Big thanks for being on the show. Uh, this was so much fun. Yeah, thank you, Andy, for letting me uh, express my feelings and thoughts and, and then let everybody, again, just start thinking quantum. I mean, uh, it will it will move you greatly and become self-empowered. That's my message. Thanks, Fred. That's a great message. Until next time, you take care of yourself. Right. And th thanks, everybody, for listening to another episode of So Strange. <laughs>